Hey everybody, we are super pleased to announce our new sponsor, Marvel Strike Force. Marvel Strike Force is a mobile squad RPG that allows you to battle with your favorite team of superheroes and supervillains in a fight to save the universe against threats like Doctor Doom and Apocalypse. The goal? Power up your favorite characters to complete missions, unlock gear and other resources, and beat other players in PvP modes such as Alliance War and Real-Time Arena. And the best part? Marvel Strike Force just reached its six-year anniversary, which means free stuff when you sign up via our unique link in the description. The anniversary consists of weekly events and bonuses. Just complete each event, and you'll receive special awards and skins. Make sure to log in each day and every week to take advantage of all the new characters that are being released specifically for this event. This will be Marvel Strike Force's most generous event to date, so don't miss out. If we have received a unique promo code for every new user, please follow our link in the description and use the promo code MAXPOOL, M-A-X-P-O-O-L. Again, anybody uses that code, it is unique for all new users. Check it out. Once again, thank you so much to Marvel Strike Force for sponsoring this episode. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to Board Gamers Anonymous, the podcast about board gamers and the insane fun we have at the table together. This is Chris. And this is episode 460, the top 100 themed games, according to BGG. We'd like to thank all our Patreon backers for helping us bring you a brand new episode. Hey friends, we're back, and it's going to be a good episode. No more burns, we promise, at least not yet. You never know. We'll do a review. We'll see what happens. But this time, happiness, butterflies, and rainbows, my friends, it is the top of a thing. Not just the top. It's a hundred tops. It's the hundred top games that are thematic, Anthony. These are the thematic games. Yeah, yeah. I, you might be overpromising on the positivity, though, because I'm looking <laughs> at this list, and there's several games on here that I really don't like. So I'll, I'll try to tone it down for you, just so we don't flashback too hard to last week. <laughs> yeah. I mean thematically, right? It's 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 a list, right? It's it's a list and it's a list according to BGG, but again as the keepers of the forums, certainly we give a certain nod to their list and then we go into it and, you know, jump up and down and and so forth. So, you have a lot of fun to look forward to as we look at the <laughs> top 100 thematic games because what some people think is thematic, we don't necessarily think is thematic, and I don't know. They're themes. I guess they're themes. Sometimes these games have themes. I mean, these are generally all thematic games. It just doesn't necessarily mean they're good. So, I don't know. Yeah. Well, to, to, yeah. Um, I mean, we always 
that has been always the big thing for us about games. Like thematically, how do they play? Does it follow what they yeah. do? Right. Agricola, you plant the vegetables, the vegetables grow, you harvest your crops, you have food. Some of these games, more or less, not so much. Yeah. 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 No, it's, it's always interesting what is labeled as thematic and mm-hmm. what isn't. So well, it'd be interesting. To talk Absolutely. About. So that's going to be our feature review. So that's coming up. But before that comes up, Anthony, let's talk about what our listeners are talking about. What's our question of the week? Well, I said, I figure, hey, we're talking about thematic games. So I asked the listeners, what are your favorite thematic games and why? What makes it successful in expressing its theme? So got a lot of good answers Um, over on the Patreon. We had several answers here. Drew says Sniper Elite, a game of cat and mouse, an asymmetric hidden movement experience packed with suspense. The tension is palpable as the sniper may be patient or aggressive, balancing stealth and swiftness. Uh, Not a game I've had a chance to play yet, but I've heard similar feedback from a lot of people on this specific game. Uh, Jill says Abomination. Uh, It's a morbid theme, but I feel like I'm Dr. Frankenstein, picking up body parts, some fresh, some not so fresh. Uh, building my person and then satisfying the connection of electricity. It's alive. It's alive. Uh, great stuff. I I agree that Gabe is very thematic to the point where I was like, I enjoy the mechanics here, but I'm not actually loving the experience of it because it's kind of mm. gross. <laughs> For me, personally. Like, I, I'm not, that's not like a, a, a judgment call. That's just like a subjective statement of my experience. Like, I don't want to play this, but I don't like horror movies either. So, you know. Um, it feels like the kind of game, if you dig that kind of thing, it would be very much up your alley. Okay, got it. Uh, Charlie says, normally I would pick a different game, but with all the Wormspan talk of late, I have to choose Wingspan. Uh, I find it interesting how little Wingspan is talked about as a thematic game. I think Elizabeth Hargrave did a tremendous job integrating diets, nest and clutch types, home ecosystems, general trivia, and sometimes thematic special powers into Wingspan. I learn something new each time I play. Uh, I've always thought of Wingspan as a thematic game, but at the same time, I don't know anything about birds, so I don't know how much the theme hits me when I play sure. it. Because I'm, I'm like, it's birds, and I'm playing a bird card, <laughs> and this bird does bird it things. Does. Uh, and there's always the one person at the table who's like, oh my gosh, that's so cool, because that bird does this, and then this bird does that, and this is how they interact with each other, and oh my gosh, how did she do that? So I know it's thematic from other people's Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Uh, Ryan says Earthborn Rangers it's an open world campaign card game set in a brighter future Earth Um, what sets it apart from Arkham Horror and Lord of the Rings LCGs is that uh, Earthborn Rangers is open ended not everything is trying to kill you every turn so that's good Um, it leans on its theme of exploring a refreshed Earth by letting you casually travel the land at your own pace you don't have to do every quest or address every threat so yeah, and then he does mention as well in the comment that it is up on GameFound right now with a second printing and an expansion. So uh, I don't think it's on either of our uh, acquisition disorder list, so we're just throwing it out there for Yeah, Ryan. absolutely. Check out Earthborn Rangers. Um, over on the Facebook page, we've got several people mentioned a few others. Uh, Brant mentioned Star Wars Rebellion. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Probably talk about sure. that one later. Um, David mentions Nemesis and Lockdown, Nemesis Lockdown. So it says it feels like you're playing an interactive movie, which I believe you. I've not played this. <laughs> um, 
Barack mentions Robinson Crusoe, that feeling of being alone on an island trying to fight for your life comes through so well. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, Timothy throws in Talisman, a game I haven't played in like oh my God. 10 years. <laughs> Ironically, um, <laughs> it takes 10 years to play. And, there you uh, go. <laughs> um, he says, questing with just about any character to get the Crown of Command is awesome. Using Talismans to get there is priceless. We'll play this game anytime and anywhere. Um, I love that you love that, Timothy. Uh, and then Willie, we'll throw one more on here, is Distilled. Mm. He says, in the last few years, I've started to explore modern classic cocktails and the spirits that made them special. Distilled acknowledges all of the elements that make these spirits, and it is ready to see this front and center. So, um, I don't know much about distilling alcohol, but there's a lot of detail mm-hmm. in here, so it seems like they really did their research. Yeah, it's surprising the the science that goes into it, and you get to play that in the game, sure. so it's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. So awesome stuff all around. Thank you everybody who submitted um, comments, feedback, etc. Uh, we're gonna go ahead and uh, skip out a prize this week. So Ryan, thank you for your detailed answer on Earthbound Rangers, go. a game that hadn't really crossed our radar too much, and now we get to share it with the whole audience out there. Um, so thanks for throwing that on the list for us, and uh, I'll reach out to you about uh, your prize for submitting to the question of the week and you can do that as well every time we have a question of the week on the patreon if you are a backer at any level um you can answer the question of the week and be entered into our contest absolutely and if you'd like to hit us up all the social medias we're there somewhere hanging out in the back by the door so come find us and let's talk about board games because the rest of the conversation is awkward and we don't want to be part of it uh, or go to BoardGamersAnonymous.com, the world's greatest website about board gaming that Anthony puts together, and it's awesome. So check that out as well. And, of course, Patreon.com slash BGA for everything all super fancy about BGA is on that site. So also check that out as well. And, again, if you can, drop us a review. It helps the podcast and gets more great gaming out to so many people. Thanks. All right. With that said, let's get on to the games that we want to hit the table. Anthony. Let's talk about your acquisition disorders. All right, let's do it. Um, all right, I got a new Martin Wallace game that's up on Game Zone next month. This guy, I know, I know. It's, it's it's almost like he does this all the time. <laughs> um, it's called Steam Power, and at first glance, it looks like Railways of the World and Age of Steam and all of his other uh, train grid based map games, and probably it has a lot of things in common, but. He has said this is a new game. It's not like a re-implementation of those games. It has doing different things. So I'm interested to see what he does with it. Um, It's a one-hour game. Plays one to five players. So relatively tight, short, uh, condensed. Like those other games, Age of Steam can be two to three hours. Railways of the World, not maybe not quite that long, but it's not that short either. Uh, So this is a quick game. It's like almost like cube rail length. If you've played any Mm -hmm. of those games, like the Iron Rail series, they're, they're short. They're very quick and short. So this one is uh, a network building and resource production game, which, again, will sound familiar if you've played his other uh, root building games. Uh, But on your turn, you will be building track tiles, building factories, filling contracts with the resources that you end up putting out. has really cool little stackable resources. You can see them easily on the map. Um, You can fulfill contracts uh, and take money from the bank or get new contract tiles. So it's a lot of just like moving your, expanding your network getting resources out there and fulfilling the contracts with what you're doing, um, which is a permutation of a lot of these types of games, right? Expand network, get stuff, 
use stuff. Very simple. And you can do a lot with that very simple formula. So I'm interested to see what Martin Wallace does, kind of boiling down what he normally does. Um, it's beautiful looking. I'm worried how much it's going to cost. Yeah. But you've got like little player trains that are like sculpted and the factories that are sculpted comes with three maps out of the box. Um, they're, these are obviously prints, but they're hand inked. So there's like pictures on the campaign of like them being drawn, um, which is very cool. So it's not like, you know, a grid grid. It's like hand drawn maps with the hexes over the top of them. Very pretty. Um, contract tiles and money. They're all like thick, chunky things. So it looks great as a production. I always caveat that when I'm like, well, it looks great. We don't know what it costs yet. <laughs> um, I would not be surprised for them to try to go Lacerda level and charge a hundred bucks for this. At, at which point I would be super out. So um, I, I just can't afford any more hundred dollar games, guys. <laughs> just can't do it. I'm out. I'm done. Doesn't matter what it is. Uh, so I will keep an eye on this. I have it followed on GameFound. Uh, so when it goes up, I'm going to check it out. But it looks interesting. And if it's affordable and the gameplay videos kind of support what it, I'm seeing now, then I might back this one. It's a uh, steam power from Wallace design. What's your, what's your feelings on game found posting up information about, I guess, crowdfunding games that are not up yet and don't even have a date necessarily. Yeah. I, I wish they would just have a date. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's all I would like. Cause this this originally like, and I don't know if it had public access, but there are comments on this campaign going back to August. Yeah. So, some people have had access at least for months, and I've seen this floating around. And the reason I'm talking about it now is because they have a date on it. It's going to go live yeah. next month, which is very soon. So I was like, oh, okay, soon I'll get to see it. But often they put it up, and they're just like, it's coming yeah. soon. What does that mean? I don't know. Um, and you could do that on Kickstarter too, but it's not like the whole page, yeah. right? It's just like a little save the date mm-hmm. type of thing. Um, I don't know. It it's. I think it just does that thing you've talked about with crowdfunding, where it like sucks some of the oxygen yeah. out of it. It's less exciting it because we see the game a year in advance. We talk about it. People play it. We back it. We give them our money. We get all the updates. And when the game finally arrives, we're like, cool. <laughs> like, I got my copy of Dune War for Arrakis yesterday, and I was like, oh, cool. This finally showed up. <laughs> like, not like, oh my gosh, Dune. It's like, yeah, good. Finally, I paid for this forever ago. Yeah. <laughs> like, and I'm excited to play it, but it was like anticlimactic. Yeah. Um, so you add two to three months before that even, and you're like, okay, come on. Like, it's not a video game. You can't show yeah. trailers. You can't show people playing it. You can't build it out. There isn't that much mm-hmm. to it. So you don't need this 18-month hype cycle. I, I agree. And and that's, I mean, let's work our way backwards. Like, I came up with the term kip, kicknesia, right? Where you, where you kickstart mm. something and you completely fit, you know, forget about it because it was so long ago and it was hyped even even further back than that. And it just it sat there in the void and then it just shows up and you're like, did I back this? I don't remember backing this. I backed it, mm-hmm. I guess. And yeah, it, it just burns out. It just burns too quickly. I, I would like if, like you said, if GameFound is going to put up the previews, fine. But it either needs to have all the information but the start time but the you know the, the purchase button or the pledge button or just like kickstarter does which is just like hey this is a thing that's coming out here's literally a banner image and a date 
because I will forget about this. Like I'll I'll go I'll constantly go back because you get notifications or something that this 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 is a thing, but inevitably it's the boy that cried wolf. Like, is it out? Is it out? Is it out? It's out. It's out. How about now? How about now? 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 And then eventually I just won't look back and then I'll miss the campaign. <laughs> and that's happened before. <laughs> so. Yeah. No, it's it, it has happened to me multiple times. And, and like I, I sometimes I click that follow button. Sometimes I forget. And if I forget, then I come back and it's like, oh, the campaign's <laughs> That's right. Oh, well, you can late back it. You can late back it. So what are we even doing? Know. It's just a pre-order. It's like a 19-month pre-order. I just find it weird like the, when the, the late backing is on on that particular crowdfunding site, and now it's like $20 more or something. And I'm just like, come on. Yeah. It's still on the site. <laughs> I didn't, you know, I didn't, I didn't right. email you or go to your website. Like, it's still here. The buttons are still here. Let me do yeah. a thing. So, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> All right. Well, I have two quickies here, um, mostly because... They are properties that we know very well. First up is Eve, War for New Eden, board game adaptation of the iconic Eve Online MMO. Uh, the table is set for the grand game of Cosmic Chest. I, I don't like that line. Uh, make your first move today. Don't like that line either. That's that's that is way that 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 sounds like AI. <laughs> I'm sorry. That that is a bit. Those are uh, those are bad statements from a long time ago. Uh, so Eve Online, Anthony, have you ever played Eve Online back in the day? Okay, no, no it, it always sounded too intense. It was a thing like, for one at some point. Every time I read anything about it, there was like people spending uh-huh. thousands of dollars and then like murdering each other and destroying everything from everybody else, and then just like breaking their computer and never touching it again. I'm like, oh, that sounds not fun at all. I don't <laughs> want to do that. I mean, there's, like you mentioned, there's a lot of stories, like real life stories about Eve and how people were trying to manipulate the system, how people were trying to run uh, cash through the system and backstabbing and all of this other kind of undercover work and police. And just, it was a very weird thing. It was like, it was one of the first major MMOs and people took to it and it was a very good game. But then people overly invested in it to the point that it became, I don't know, like it kept it kept spinning off like real life stories that were so problematic and weird and odd that it was less about the game at some point. But it was, you know, up there as far as like one of the biggest, you know, MMOs of all time for this epic skase campaign. And now it's it's a tabletop game. So think Eclipse, think uh ti4 but i think more like think eclipse think eclipse second edition uh it is your traditional typical 4x explore expand exploit and exterminate so you'll be doing those things you have the tiles on the board you have the massive plastic armies of a particular color that you're playing they all look cool and mostly what you're doing is cards there's a lot of cards for the ships there's cards for the actions the development just a lot a lot of cards not the small tiny pieces like Eclipse has, they actually have cards and really nicely designed, flushed out kind of tiles. And then the actual gameplay itself, you know, boils down to your typical, you know, 4X game in space with the different factions and each of them have unique abilities and you can kind of move up a tech tree to get even more. And there's also dice as far as, you know, dice play as far as the uh, battling action is concerned. So explore, move on to the different tiles, check out the different planets that have resources and discoveries. Obviously use your actions to build up your fleets, 
build up your technologies, use your resources that you have, all the research that you could possibly do, and then shoot each other because that's that. This is this type of a game. Roll dice and stuff like that. This publisher here, uh, Titan Forge Games. I don't know. I, I looked at their Kickstarter page. I looked at their other games that they produced. Nothing substantial as far as I'm concerned, but a lot of miniature stuff. So it looks like miniature right. stuff is going to be awesome. Gameplay? They, I don't know. There's nothing on here to indicate they've ever made a game. No. Like, I mean, they've made big. They've made other games with the miniatures yeah. that they make, mm-hmm. but like with like, oh, we have a thousand backers or six hundred backers. Like, this is a big yes. leap. Like how they pulled the IP for this is interesting. I would be interested. In that Absolutely, same here. So you'll have to check out Kick in the Habit when I produce it, and it's up on Patreon because we will speculate about this a lot more. And if Eve the tabletop game is like anything like Eve the online game, there'll be stories, many many stories. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> and I'll be afraid of. Also, it. pretty quick, there is another game up on Kickstarter. It's Conan by Monolith, and this is the Red Nails expansion with a versus mode. Dive back into Conan's adventures with the return of the Deluxe King Pledge, a big Red Nails expansion and versus mode. So this particular system is is interesting and good. It was like, you and I played this, Anthony, together. It was that one versus mm-hmm. many and the one has this really cool, I don't know, like action selection box where basically they're putting out characters onto like an assembly, not assembly line, but characters out to kind of activate in order. And then they have to spend whatever the particular resource is to get them out, to activate them and such. And then each individual character on the good guy side can do that with their own particular character. So it was a really cool way of managing a one versus many because the one person had a lot of opportunities to really, really create a story. And this was also utilized in the Batman. This was also utilized in He-Man. In my experience, the original Conan was the best because it just boiled it down to what was essential for the gameplay. And it didn't get too carried away with other stuff. So if you like Conan and you like one versus many, or now in this case, co-op and versus, which is also new and interesting kind of dynamics in play here, it's up on Kickstarter. Yeah, yeah. I honestly, I would consider it if I hadn't paid so much money for the stupid <laughs> Batman stuff. I'm never gonna play. Well, the miniatures are cool in Batman. I sure I do. I have a separate box that's just the miniatures in case I give up and throw the rest <laughs> out. Like, like I keep all these. All right, so that's everything that we want to get to the table. Let's talk about the games that did hit the table, and we'll let everyone know if those games are a buy, and they should pick those games up because they're awesome. Or if the game is a play and they should sit down and enjoy it, if those games are a dodge and they should avoid it, or in fact, as we talked about last week, the game is a dreaded burn. And we will never speak about it again, uh, at least until our next 10 years, right? I think every 10 years we got to dump out the, the trash bin. Yeah. We'll talk about fair. it in 10 years. Yeah. That's it. That's That's our rule. So every 10 years we'll talk about the burns. But never again otherwise. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you gotta come back. Yeah, I come back in years. ten years. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, they burned that game. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What else do they say about it? I don't know. I gotta come back in ten years, man. It's gonna be crazy in ten years from now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> when we don't remember the game at all, we're like, oh, we only hope that? that we don't remember oh, the game. Like, I think we had flashbacks last week. Yeah. yeah. Some of those are funny though, because it was like going through it and we're like, 
I don't really remember how it plays. I just remember how much I freaking hated it. <laughs> like I remember how I felt at the moment. I have very clear memories of sitting there and oh my seeing God. it, but I don't remember what I was doing. In oh, the that's game. crazy. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, so this is a game that I love, so it's easy. I'm not going to burn it. Um, Iranian Burger Canal. This was on our top 10 list last week. Um, last week? Two weeks ago. Sorry, it was number 10 um, in our top 10 for the year. And it pers- on my personal list, I think it's number five, four or five. Uh, it is a new one from Uwe Rosenberg, and it was published by Spielworks. And it was up on GameFound. So you would be forgiven for having not seen it or ever <laughs> anywhere on anybody's table or in any stores. Because Spielworks doesn't print a lot of games. And since crowdfunding developed, they kind of just use that. They print the bare minimum, and then the game's just go out of print, right? I have a few of their games. They're hard to find now. They don't make a lot of extras and you just have to wait for that game to get picked up by a different publisher. Um, I think with Iranian Burger, that's probably what's going to happen is hopefully in the future it gets picked up by a different publisher and people can pick up copies. I think you can still find this right now, but don't hold me to that. Um, because again, with we're talking about Spielworks. They don't, they don't always last. Um, it is a one to two player game. And like Uwe's many one to two player games it plays equally well in my opinion at one or two um it's got kind of a dueling setup uh and the goal here is that you are building out your own little tableau at the Iranian burger canal um with a four by three grid that you can fill with cards and different types of pathways there's paths and roads and railroads and canals i think it's the four things that you can do um and so the game goes back and forth um, across several different rounds. Uh, and you have like your own little wheel of resources, uh, like from Glass Road, um, that represents the five resources of the game. Um, off the top of my head, I couldn't tell exactly what there was like wood and clay and something and bricks and stone, I think. Uh, and so you will use those resources to purchase cards from the market. There'll be a certain number of cards available in the market every round. They kind of level up as you go through it. Um, like go from A's to the B's to the C's cards, and there are multiple decks. So if you backed it on GameFound, you got two decks that came in the box, and then you could get four more with the two expansions. So I have six decks, which is a lot of replayability. You don't go through the whole deck either. So you just like pull some cards from the deck and you put it into the the seat it. So lots and lots of card options. Um, It's worker placement in that there are seven different worker slots. So not like a ton. It's not like a big sandboxy game. Um, and you got discs that you move around to take up those spaces. So if a space hasn't been used, you get money on it, and then it's just incentivizing you to use those spaces. So the, the main actions here are to build roads or canals or whatever, and these will just kind of fill in your grid, um, to build place cards to take them from the market and purchase them and place them down, um, to build bridges, and bridges can go down between two cards that you've already played, or to take resources. Um, and so you'll do that and go around and around and around and around and then kind of till the game's over. But the main thing, what you're trying to do in the game is activate these cards. Because when you buy them, they don't do anything. Um, you put them down in your tableau and they don't activate until you surround them with different types of pathways or until you have two bridges connected to that card. So every card can be activated twice uh, with a couple of weird exceptions, which I won't get into. Uh, so... If you get a really good card and you place it correctly and you map it right, you could activate that card twice. You could get a bunch of points out of it, but you got to make sure you have all the resources that you need to activate it the second time. Because sometimes the activation requires you to have certain things, to spend certain things, 
So you're keeping track of all this different stuff. Like, do I have enough resources to purchase the cards I want to purchase, to activate the stuff I want to activate when I activate it, to place the bridges I need to activate it when it's time to do that? Am I buying the right mix of different types of pathways and bridges and canals to make sure that I can activate these various cards and get the maximum amount of scoring points? There's a lot to think about, and yet it's a relatively tight, contained experience, right? It's not like a big sprawling sandbox like Fields of Arl, one of his other big one to two player games. And it's not like a really small box, you know, back and forth dueling type of thing either, like Cave versus Cave or Agricola, all creatures big and small. It's It's got, you know, you have your own tableau and it does have the worker placement and it does have the, the market. So there's a lot of interaction between you. Um, I really, really enjoyed it. Like it gave me kind of a feel of one of those dueling games, but like with a little bit more to it, like with the tableau that you build in like a bigger um, Rosenberg where you collect these different things and you kind of have your asymmetrical player space and you're trying to maximize the efficiency of that space in a way that your opponent cannot because they have different cards. And that's really, really fun. That's one of the best parts of a Nuve Rosenberg game. And this one really captures it perfectly. So this one's a buy for me. Like I said, it's on my top 10 for the year. It got onto our top 10 for the podcast overall. Um, If you can find a copy, if you like his types of games, I highly recommend picking it up. Uh, If you cannot find a copy, because again, I'm I'm not looking at the shopping options right now. um, At some point, it'll be out of print. Hopefully someone else picks it up, which is often what happens. And you'll be able to pick it up later. Or he re-implements it in a different format. Because he also does that. It's it's Rosenberg. It's what he does. Um, But it's a really cool game that has a lot of DNA from a lot of things he's done. And it all comes together in a very smooth, seamless package. It's not super pretty. I'll admit that. It's pretty beige (laughs) and yellow. Um, Not the prettiest thing in the world. But the gameplay is fantastic. So, highly recommend Oranienburger Canal. All right. Again, a game, like you said... Not a pretty game. And nope. and again, in a world of now pretty, pretty, pretty games, and even Rosen, you know, like Uwe's games have been very pretty as well. So I was really surprised when this came out. This is crowdfunded, right? If I believe, right? Yep. Yeah, it was on GameFound. Um, relatively <laughs> inexpensive, if I remember correctly. It wasn't stupidly pricey. Um, like I was worried at first. Because it had that look of like that terrible Stefan Feld game that they charged like, 80 <laughs> bucks for. Um, and I know that was Queen Games, but it was like had the same sure. kind of vibe going. But not only is it a much better game than that, but it was only 50 bucks with the two expansions. And it was it was a great deal, right? The shipping was kind of high, but even with that, it was it was a good I'm happy with for what I did. Do you think for. in fact, I mean this game just kind of harkens back to the old looks and the old designs? You think this will not get like a mass release? I don't know. That's the hard thing is Spielworks games don't yeah. usually. Um, you know, Uwe at Spielworks doesn't like yeah. to do that. So right now, I think the best way to find the game is on Ooh. eBay. Um, I've seen it on a couple of like shops that like backed it or got in orders of it, but they didn't send it to retail sure. at ma- in mass. So if you see a copy and it's not stupidly expensive, pick it up. But like, I just pulled up eBay right now and there's a copy and that doesn't mean this is the market price, but somebody's selling a brand new set for $320. Oh, dear God. Um, and that stinks. So I don't know. The Spielworks model always frustrated me because they have good games and then they just, they're yeah. hard to get. Right. But they usually get picked up. Like, um, 
Gentis was a Spielworks mm-hmm. game. Lagranha was a Spielworks game. So hopefully, hopefully someone else picks it up and we get the more people. Can Absolutely. Play it. All right. Well, I played a game a, a little while back that I really enjoyed and wanted to have an opportunity to talk about it in more detail. Uh, this is Undaunted Normandy. Now, I'm not a war gamer, and typically it's just personally not, I don't have the time to invest in a substantial war game. I know Anthony's got a, several of those in, in his collection, but I do enjoy. The, the, the strategy that goes along with the tactical gameplay along with a thematic retelling of historical events. I personally own a tremendous amount of plastic soldiers, more or less, as far as uh, Memoir 44 is concerned. So I own a lot of Memoir 44. I played the game, really enjoyed the game, bought a bunch of stuff from, from it, and when you get these war games, more or less, I mean, they're tabletop games. They're not, I don't really necessarily classify. I mean, it's kind of a hybrid, but when you get these games, they're all about the scenarios and there are a lot of scenarios and the scenarios typically uh, require a lot of setup. Now, if you were a kid of my generation, you know, the idea of setting up your action figures or your little plastic soldiers, like endlessly, not too much of a problem. But when you do it with a board game, sometimes it can be just too much of a thing, even if it's a good thing. Undaunted was an interesting game because it did have the thematic gameplay, more or less, of a Memoir 44, even though it did not have the endless amounts of plastic soldiers and tanks and planes and such. It came down to cardboard discs that you would play on, you know, square tiles. So nothing really fancy there other than some really compelling artwork that I think really brings the game to life. And it doesn't utilize, obviously, the command and color system, but it's a deck builder. So primarily what you're doing in the game is you have a mission, and typically missions come down to number of points. And the number of points that you have to be able to achieve are typically on the board somewhere or multiple places on the board. You have to hold certain positions or take certain positions. And your job, whether you're playing 1v1 or 2v2, is to take over those particular areas based on the deck of cards that you start with and then a supply, aka like kind of marketplace, of cards that you'll add to your deck. So in a two-player game, one group will play one company, maybe all the soldiers and the infantry, and then the other player will play uh, the tanks, the artillery, and such. So two different kind of companies working together to achieve that particular victory. At first, again, like I said, having played Memoir 44 a lot and not being a war gamer, I was like, this is somewhat a little bit lackluster because Memoir 44 is so much bigger. It's the big boards. It's the figures. It's the dramatic command and colors. This has pretty nice artwork for the tiles. And as I mentioned, really great artwork for the soldiers and the different situational tiles. Uh, That being said, you could always upgrade them. And that's really fun too. So basically, as the game goes on, you're playing your cards. Each of your cards have typically multiple things you could do with them. So they're multi-use cards. 
sometimes you know they sometimes it's as basic as attack sometimes it's recruit soldiers from the supply sometimes you have a particular specialist maybe you have a sniper so they could do something really interesting unique maybe you have a scout card that you're going to run out there in the fields so that your then other troops can take over those particular locations all the cards have an essential role nothing is just throw it out although there is cards of fog of war which is fun and thematic, right? There's fog of war cards. So when you get these cards, they're basically useless, but there are times in battle where you don't know what you're doing and, you know, <laughs> it's basically useless. So Undead Normandy gives you that opportunity to feel the challenge of taking even a small section of the board because as you're playing cards to move troops and to, you know, set certain locations, the enemy's coming down on you pretty hard. And you have to do your best alongside with your partner if you're playing a a 2v2 to be able to meet those conditions as soon as possible. As you're drafting cards from the supply, those cards um, allow you to put tokens on the board that represents the particular cards. The more cards you draw, the quote-unquote more life that you have for that particular unit. So if your rifleman gets shot, you have to discard a card, a rifleman card. It might be in your hand, it might be in your deck, your discard, but eventually they'll go back to the supply. If you run out of those cards in your hand or your deck or your discard, that unit is taken off the board. So that effectively that unit is killed. So there's kind of that kind of un, you know challenge of, I want to have a lot of cards of that particular unit so that that unit can constantly be doing things and also has a lot of life, but also... Maybe on the other side, what I really want to do is have a lot of different cards. So I have a lot of different troops on the board, but I won't be able to activate them very often. The gameplay goes back and back. Um, there is a good amount of you know strategic deck building, but generally it's all about meeting the particular conditions, the victory point conditions that you're trying to pull together. There's dice rolling. So just like Memorial 44, when it comes down to it, You'll check distances, you'll check line of sights, and then you'll roll dice. And then you'll see, based upon the armor of that particular unit that's that's on that particular chit, can you actually take that unit out? Can you do damage? You can also provide, you know, you can pr- provide fire just to keep that unit just stalled out. So a lot of interesting aspects that, you know, come into strategic warplay are present in this game. But yet at the same time, it's not as physically thematic but it does have a lot of cool elements to it and sometimes the abstractness of those things are even better because we want to have fun with the game uh and a good enjoyable time and a deck builder tends to give you that kind of joy of being able to pick up certain cards add them to your deck and be able to play them out from your hand so undunted normandy uh it gets a high play for me and if i did honestly if i didn't have memoir 44 and be like pretty much pot committed with that I might actually pick this up. Cool. Yeah. I've always heard good things about Undaunted. It, I feel like my friend group back in Pittsburgh started playing these right around the time uh, we all got stuck in our houses. So I never got a chance to play them. Um, but I've heard. Only yeah. Good several things. editions for several different areas of, of different uh, campaigns, theaters, and all different languages. A good system. Easier to get to the table than memoir 44 and i would say just as fun all right so that's everything that hit our table this week anthony it's now time to get onto our feature review 
Our feature review this week, of course, is talking about thematic games. And in fact, these are the top 100 thematic board games, according to Board Game Geek. All right. So you ready to listen to us talk about each of these for 30 seconds? Whoa! Go! <laughs> thematic! <laughs> <laughs> That's thematic. It's All a right. podcast. Just power there you through go. it. Uh, yeah, now we're going to run through these. 10, 100 to 1. Uh, obviously, we haven't played every single game, so some conversations will be longer yeah. than others. But uh, we'll, we'll give our thoughts and whether we think it deserves to be here um, on this list and... Do we think it should be ranked yeah. higher, lower? Yeah, I think that's all yeah. very th- thematic to the podcast, to say the least. Yeah, yeah. and we, we're a yeah. big fan of thematic games. We like a good thematic game, a game that plays its theme, you know, well in the actual mechanics. And when it doesn't, we're kind of upset about it. So this will be an interesting list. Heck yeah. Yeah, well. All right, let's start it off with number 100, Unlock Heroic Adventures. Um in my head, Unlock is all yeah. the same thing. These are like the little escape room games that use the app. Uh, it's not my favorite escape room stuff, but I do like the escape room stuff. I'll play it if someone sets it down. I stopped buying them, though. <laughs> yeah, especially, I guess, when t- same, same here. Played a lot of them. Um, they're fine. Again, it's number 100. I'm still surprised it's still in here, in the top 100, because I think there's more thematic games than that. Uh, Etherfields, number 99. Uh, haven't played it, but I've had plenty of people ask if I want to play it. So <laughs> seems like one of those big expensive boxes everybody got. And they're like, can you play this with me, please? Yeah, I think Ditto on this, too. I, I think this kind of blew up with its box cover. It's just really well known as being like a very interesting dynamic game. But unfortunately, I have not played it. Um, 98, you have played. I have not. My father's... Yeah, played. this kind of goes all out to, you know, embed the theme in the gameplay down to having an app which actually uh, has real voice actors reading the different prompts and story elements. It's fine. It, pl- it It's fine. It's fine. I mean, thematically, it tries very hard, <laughs> but mechanically, it just doesn't do it. So... Yeah, I mean, for the sake of, of, of the thematic elements to it, it, it deserves to be on this list at this highland. So I think it's I think it's fine where it is, but I wouldn't put it any higher because mechanically it's not thematic. Alright, uh, number 97, Merchants and Marauders. Uh, this is another one that I feel like hit the table a lot around me, and it looked very thematic, and people get very excited to play it, but I never... I wasn't avoiding it. I just never got a chance to play it myself. Um but it's an old out of print pirate game from Yeah, and, and this this was like one of those modern day classics and sadly just disappeared. I haven't played it myself. 96 is Freedom the Underground Railroad. Um one of the most thematic games I've ever played. Uh it's hard to say it's fun. That's not the sure. right word to use, but it is very well made and impactful and representative of its theme in a lot of important ways. Um you are working with abolitionists to try to emancipate slaves and lead them to freedom in Canada. And it comes through in all the action. Yeah. I remember playing this game for the very first time, I think with you, Anthony. And when you sit down and play it, you're like, it's just little cubes. It's just little wooden cubes playing wooden cubes. Like this is ridiculous. In this day and age of meeples and plastic miniatures and everything that you could have. And then you play the game. And each of those cubes matter the matters the world to you all of a sudden. 
And it really has a very big, impactful kind of thematic experience. I'm kind of shocked it's here at number 96. I think this should be in the top 10, without a question. Yeah, I just probably... I imagine some people play this and they're just like, I don't want to play that again, but that's not the same as saying, no, I think if you do have that kind of feeling to it, if it does impact you that kind of emotionally that maybe you don't want to return to it. I I think, I think that says something about the game in the best way possible. Yeah. hundred percent. 95, the Witcher old world. This is another game with a lot of plastic. Yeah, (laughs) it, it is. A lot of these yeah. are going to be that, and you you hear that from us when we do the board game geek, yeah. like the hotness. Like, hey, it's a plastic, it's a box of plastic. I don't yeah. know anything about it. We're going to have a few of those. I do like The Witcher as a theme. The video games are amazing. I've I read several of the short stories. Um, this looks to be that in a lot of ways, but I have not played the game, unfortunately. I I almost backed this actually because I do like the theme enough, but I was like, I can't handle another box of miniature. Yeah, same across the board. Have, unfortunately, I have not played. Uh, 94 is Detective City of Angels, not a box of plastic, instead a box of maps and cards. Um, this is from Evan Derrick and Van Ryder Games. In It is like a detective simulator, like Pulp, 1940s, Los Angeles. Um, I have played this once, and I had a blast, and I, I have a few of these types of games, and I could not bring myself to buy it, because I really, really, really like my Sherlock Holmes games. Um but it was really, really good. It did feel like you were a detective kind of working your way through these CD cases. So um, I would like to, I wish, yeah. I wish it was high. Agreed. Haven't played it, but it, it looks like it. 93 is Dune, but the 1979 version, because it's a separate listing um, from the 2018 version, which we'll get to later. Uh, I've not played the older one. From my knowledge, though, they're the same with like upgraded sure. artwork. So I'm not really sure what the difference is. Um, I'll talk more about it when we get to the other. This was always a grail game for me to play and it was out of print and nobody could find it. And then they reprinted it and supposedly it was identical more or less. And then I heard all the bad things about it for some reason. So I have not played it. Yeah, it does not hold up. It turns out. Uh, 92 is Burgle brothers. Burgle brothers is amazing. I love Burgle (laughs) brothers. Um, It, you have like a three levels and you're moving around. You're trying to, dodge like cameras and guards it like feels like you're running a heist it's such a cool experience um it's stressful you get mm-hmm. anxious uh it's, it's everything you want in like oceans 11 the board game is Burgle yeah the art style is so evocative of that kind of you know movie classic noir and it's a lot of fun too on top of everything else and you do feel tense as you're trying to move your pieces around and, and not get caught by the guards and such so yeah i think it's great uh, definitely deserves to be in the top 100. And uh, I don't know. It's I could argue maybe even a little bit higher. Yeah, yeah, I would argue higher. Um, 91, The Battle of Five Armies. This is the sequel to War of the Ring, which is my favorite game of all time. I don't have this in my top 100, but I do love it. I would gladly... If War of the Ring disappeared off the face of the Earth tomorrow, God forbid, um, <laughs> Battle of Five Armies would suddenly be in my top yeah. 20. I just don't have them both on the list. It is a deeply thematic experience. It feels like you're playing through that last battle of the Hobbit. And unlike Peter Jackson's movies, it feels like the right way to expand what the Hobbit did into this epic Mm -hmm. experience, right? This is like 40 pages in the book, but it's like three hours at the table. And that's perfect. I love it. No, 100% agree. Beautiful artwork. Great gameplay. 
Uh, definitely easier and quicker to get to the table, which is always very nice. And as you said, reflects the story a lot better. So I think this certainly yeah. should be higher. And again, like you mentioned, I think it gets hurt from its big brother. Yeah. And it was out of print for like mm-hmm. seven years. Like not a lot of people have it. I know for a while when I had it, multiple people were like, you have that, you have to bring it. We have to play it. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> um, it is actually available now, though, if you want it. <laughs> it's it's in print. Uh, all right. Number 90. Uh, you just talked yeah. about Undaunted. This one's North Africa, but it's yeah, I haven't played this particular version. But as I me- I just mentioned minutes ago, um, there is something about the artwork that is very evocative. There is something about the gameplay and the deck building that really makes you feel like this is your specific team. So uh, a very an impressive accomplishment. I think it's I think it's about good where it is about around the ninety ish. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, eighty nine is Massive Darkness two, Hellscape. I did not like Massive Darkness 1. Uh, it did not feel thematic at all. It just felt like you were running some guys around on a map. <laughs> and it felt like D&D without the rule, without the DM. Like, I'm going to do whatever I want. And it's not fun because there's no yeah. restrictions. Um, the sequel apparently fixes a lot of that, but I was not going to give them another $300. So I have not played it. <laughs> yeah, I still I still have my original copy of this. And as I had the same kind of disappointment, this one is, again, from what I hear, immeasurably better. Uh, each of the different classes actually has a different type of gameplay element that you have to utilize in order to be successful. So I don't remember the particular elements, but it's like the cleric has deck building and the other, the wizard has to move these stones around on a board or something like that. So awesome. Thank you. A little late, but thank you. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, all right, 88 is Space Alert. Um, this is Flata Shavadal's cooperative, chaotic, CD-ROM-supported oh. uh, space <laughs> game. Uh, it, it's a weird one. It's it's real-time, electronic-supported. Uh, it is so tense and stressful and anxiety-inducing and is perfectly thematic in that way. It feels like you are on a spaceship that is about to crash into a moon, like, when that's your mission. Um I don't know how you play it now because I know originally it came with like CDs. I nobody has a CD player. I don't know if there's an app for this or not, but uh, I haven't played it in a long time, as you can tell. But it was a lot of it was a lot of fun. It really felt like you were there. It was like the bad episode of Star Trek, or, or like the the dangerous episode of Star Trek of the game. Yeah, I never played this. Heard a lot about it, but never played it. Um, eighty seven Space Hulk third edition. Uh, this is the. 1v1 game with the Space Marines against the Gene Steelers. Um, it's kind of, it remains a Grail game because of all the different versions of it. There is a fourth edition as well, which is not ranked here, which is funny. I guess this is the one everybody mm-hmm. had access to. I think this is the one I have, actually. Um, I, Despite owning this for almost a decade, I've, I've yet to play it. I just, it requires a lot of work sure. to get there. So. Sadly, I haven't played this. I played the video game version of this, uh, which looks fun. But yeah, Anthony has not brought this out, so let's all boo Anthony. Boo, boo. Okay, well you come over. <laughs> you come over and help glue everything together, and we'll play it. <laughs> ah, the silence descends. No one mentioned glue. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's why it hasn't been played. So much glue. Um, all right, Sherlock Holmes, consulting detective. Uh, 
this one is Jack the Ripper and Weston Adventures, but there's like five of these boxes. They're all equally good. Pick the one that seems most interesting to you. Um, I, at one point, I had all of them. I think now I only have one or two because I just wasn't going through them all. But it is legit like you are solving a mystery. There are newspapers. There's a rule book. There's little pieces of paper, different clues everywhere. And you are trying to solve it. And then you score yourself to see how well you've solved it because you are not actually Sherlock Holmes. Um, you are one of the people in his fan club trying to see if you can solve the cases the way he does. And you're trying to see how well you do and how many things you get right, which is always fun. Just at the end, you're like, we solved it. How well did we oh. solve it? Um, it's a fun game to sit and like do with a partner or even by yourself, like with a cup of tea at the end of the day. Um, feels very like Sherlock Holmesy to do. <laughs> very thematic. Very thematic. Have not played, but it looks awesome. Um, 85, Exit the Game, Dead Man on the Orient Express. There are like 30 or 40 of these Exit the Games. Um, they're disposable, one-timers. Uh, some of them are amazing. Some of them are less than amazing. But I've played, I think, one of the former and two or three of the latter. Uh, this one is not one I've played, but by all accounts, it's one of the better ones. They're fun. It's just like a little escape room in a box. Like, if you like that type of thing, this is what that is. Yeah, I, it's just... I don't know. Is this... are I mean, generally, Exit better than Unlocked thematically? I like them better because it doesn't require yeah. the app and there's no Agreed. timer. And it's, like, it's, it's less hard. stressful and... It's so it's easier to play with the family. You can pack it up and like, okay, we'll sure. finish this later. Um, you can't do that with unlock. I mean, you can, but not gotcha. not in the same way. I agree. Um, all right. Eighty four is Oath, Chronicles of Empire and Exile. So I will t- I will say that this is a deeply thematic game, but it's almost impossible to say how without this turning into a much longer mm-hmm. segment. We never recorded like an ep- a review for this game because it requires you to be like steep in it a little bit, play it a few times with the same people, build out the stories, have those relationships. And I just wasn't able to do that because I played it a couple times and then I moved. Um, but when I did play it, I was like, Oh, okay. Everything makes sense. Everything flows perfectly. It is all deeply thematic. And Cole Worley really knows what he's doing. Um, but yeah, it's a much longer discussion of how it does that. So you just have to believe me, right? <laughs> just believe me. Um, this is not like plastic in a box miniatures adventure game type stuff, though. So don't buy this without doing some research. Sure. What I'll say. Um, 83, Fury of Dracula, third and or fourth <laughs> edition. I don't like this game at all. It, it is super thematic, but also not sometimes because you can just run in a circle. I did that. Hours, I ran so. in a circle as Dracula. I did that. <laughs> I, I ran in a circle chasing okay. Dracula. It was not fun at all. But was it, it was thematic? Terrible. No. All right. It was dumb. There you go. So this, this should not be. <laughs> Get it off the list. Should not be the top 100. Sorry, fun. people. I agree. Yeah. It's one of those games, like, if it plays perfectly, it's a great time. It didn't play perfectly, so it was yes. a terrible time. I don't it's, play there's too much map to the game. Yeah. 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 It's too big. Absolutely. Um All right, 82 Millennium Blades. You are playing as players who are playing the greatest CCG in mm-hmm. the universe. It doesn't exist, but it's in this game, but it's actually kind of good within the game. Yes. It's very meta, but it's very clever. Very smart. Meta. Very different. Level 99. Yes, I agree. Definitely thematic. I think this actually should be higher. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Yeah. I think this is their most thematic game. Oh, yeah. They make thematic games. All right, um, Project Elite, 
that game nobody can get. <laughs> so I haven't played no, it. You played it? That's the matic about it. <laughs> yeah, there's like 30 copies out there. Tom Basso loves it, but that's no one it. can play it. So, all right. I believe you all. <laughs> you're soldiers. You're fighting aliens. Sure. Whatever. I don't know. Yeah, Nemesis came out. No one cares about you anymore. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. We've got Dead of Winter, uh, The yeah. Long Night, so the sequel, at number 80. Um, I actually never played the sequel, so I don't know what's different about it, but I have played the original, and which is higher on the list. So we yeah, can talk about ditto. That. Uh, 79, Chris's favorite game, <laughs> Galaxy Trucker. I, uh, I've never been on a, a, a truck in outer space, but yeah, I mean, the the, the really dynamic, interesting mechanics of this game gets in way the, of the thematic gameplay, and more or less the game, thematic gameplay is just pick up and deliver based upon things that just do not deliver. So, yeah, yeah. it's not... I don't find it. I, I think the. I think it should be the idea of building your ship, like amazing, and then flying your ship, and then things happen, amazing. But what actually happens in the game, not not as amazing. Agreed. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, it's number seventy-eight. Uh, another Flotta Shavadal joint. Um, dungeon pets. Yeah, I I love this game. It's super thematic. You're raising little dungeon pets, little creatures and monsters. You do all the different things to take care of them, feed them, and walk them, and build them up. You even have to clean up their poop. It's great. I think this has an expansion that I picked up recently, just because I I love the base game. Yeah. Now I just gotta get the base game. Yeah, you gotta track it down. <laughs> yeah. Um, number seventy seven is Time Stories. Uh, this great system that allows you to kind of play through these different modules. Um, one of the more interesting storytelling formula type thing, it came out at the same time as Pandemic Legacy, it kind of got buried, but there's a lot of interesting things you can do with this system. I played through two or three of them, I think, and then didn't play any more after that, and then I think the game kind of petered out and died. But very cool idea um, that plays differently in each time you play it. I this was a game that I initially started collecting and playing through the first mission and then there was so much talk about this so much buzz about it and from what I hear I have not played so it's not a spoiler because I do not know if it's true or not but there was somewhat of an interlocking story and then at some point they just never finished the story it's very Assassin's Creed like, okay. Have you ever played Assassin's Creed? Like those games yeah. technically have like a framing story mm-hmm. about like people in the modern day. They go back in time, whatever. Unless you've played all those games, you don't care and you don't know what that is. I don't know what it is. I've played several of them. I'm like, I don't care. I just want to get to the fun part where I'm running around an ancient priest. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, sure. It was that. Like, I don't care about the modern whatever the time travel stuff. Just get me to the actual module where I'm like running around in you know 16th century France. That's fun. Um, all right, number 76 is another exit game. This one is the abandoned cabin. I think we kind of covered our what we liked yeah. about exit at the time for the last one. Yeah, time story, time story is very thematic. Exit games should be probably all bunched up at the game. Yeah, uh, 75 Shadows of Brimstone, City of the Ancients, uh, t- cooperative dungeon crawl game, big sprawling box of stuff. Um, I know, <laughs> I know you like this company. I 
didn't really like the game, honestly. I had a friend in Pittsburgh who would like, he owned everything. He would set it all up. He'd have a whole day. He'd feed us. And it was just like hours of making decisions to maybe move like 30 feet. <laughs> yeah. Up. It felt like, it felt like playing D and D, but with a bunch of things in the way, right? Like the sure. plastic and the bits and the moving of the maps. And I'm like, mm-hmm. can we just pull out some pen and paper and do it that way? And I, can, we, <laughs> I don't know. It's not my kind of thing. I know that sandbox games are not my thing, but um, I did not dig this. There is a very impressive cult following and the company does make a significant effort to make this as thematic as possible. I mean, I think Flying Frog Games is just known for the thematic games. Have not played it, so I can't speak to it. Yeah, I, everybody I played with loves it. So again, this is like yeah. a me thing, but uh, no, no. It's I mean, I, I, they have a great following. We've been to the many conventions where their own people gather around and they spend the entire convention there. No lies. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. Number 74 is Blood Bowl. Uh, the living rule book. So the original Blood Bowl rules. This is like orcs mm-hmm. and monsters playing murder football. <laughs> I love it. I love that it exists. I don't know if it's thematic. I just love looking at it. Yeah. Same. Uh, 73 is Descent Legends of the Dark. This is the re- launch of descent from back in 2021 the app driven version um in Terranoth, i it was so expensive i never played it i like the original descent i don't know if that's on this list or not but mm-hmm. uh this version is like that on steroids with 3d terrain so yeah and it, and it's super app driven yeah yeah so you know you either like that or you don't so you know, that could probably determine what you would do with this game um, yeah. 72 is Arkham Horror 3rd Edition this is the most recent update to the Arkham Horror formula from Fantasy Flight um, you're putting clues together you're stopping the horrors you're trying not to go insane uh, I don't love the Arkham Horror board games because they always felt a little too long for me um, mm-hmm. but having played this once I, I will say it was incredibly thematic in a way that like even some yes. of the other Arkham stuff is not uh, I agree 100% Way, way too long, but it really takes the time to kind of build out a story. Yeah. Um, Legendary, a Marvel deck building game at number 71. Uh, Played this several times. (laughs) Don't think I ever had a good experience. Did not find it particularly thematic. The the way you construct your decks, the things you face. I don't know. Maybe at one point when this first came out 10 years ago, it could have said it was thematic. But now that we have like... Marvel Champions and other games of its ilk, like this is not thematic. It's nice that you have villains and a main villain who does a thing, and you have heroes, but it's it's kind of laughable because the way you recruit heroes to the deck building, and you have a co op victory, but not really like, nope, not thematic. I'm sorry, this should not be in the top 100. <laughs> um, I don't think. Yeah, yeah no, I'm, I'm with you 100. Uh, percent Number 70 is Destinies. Uh, This is a game from Lucky Duck Games. Um, So it's like an RPG-style board game. It's a competitive story-driven game. I don't know how that works exactly versus most story-driven games being cooperative. It does have an app built in as well, and it has a lot of like RPG-style things where you're building up your character and going through these different adventures. Um, I've demoed this several times. I've never actually gotten through a full campaign of it, but it had some very interesting approaches to storytelling in games that I have not seen other things do. Uh, so I could see for sure why people consider this so thematic. 
I have not played it, but it, it definitely seems to have created a following at the very least. Right. Uh, 69 is Chronicles of Crime. This is the, the augmented reality game where you put on mm-hmm. the funny goggles over with your phone <laughs> and you try to solve, find the different clues. Um, we kind of played this on a lark at a convention a few years ago, and then it kind of blew up from there. And I, I thought it was really cool. I, I have had no desire to play it since, but it seemed like a cool way to do it. Yeah, I have a copy of this. I've played it several times. There's a lot of other expansions that have different dime periods and things like that. I think those might be a little more thematic than Chronicles of Crime, uh, but it certainly it does its job. I, I I think that's it does feel like you're investigating a crime, a murder, or such. I yeah. agree. Absolutely, yeah. Um, Sixty eight is Rune Wars. Love me some Rune Wars. Uh, yay! Yep. The elves are back. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> so this is the big sprawling four X fantasy game set in the Terranoff universe that's been out of print forever. Um, I have a copy somewhere in the basement. I never was able to find the expansion. Chris has a copy in his hands right now. It's <laughs> just on his shelf. Um, such a good game. I, I need to get this played again. Like, look at this. Thing. I know. It's so good. <laughs> um, there's like a cool, like little thing too, where you can go off on a separate adventure, like with your hero. Yes. I know. <laughs> makes the game stupidly long, but it's fun. It does. It, it is. Yes, 100%. 100%. Deserves to be on the list. Deserves to be higher. It, it would be higher if they would ever reprint the stupid thing. Oh, my God. Uh, 67 is Dead of Winter. Crossroads game, the mm-hmm. original. Uh, this thing was the hottest game on the planet for like four or five years. I feel like it's kind of faded since then. I don't really see it out really ever anymore. Um, but at the time, this was like the zombie game. It was the one everybody... It was the, the, the thinking man's zombie game. Yes. With the... Uh, and also the thema- the thematic game, right? <laughs> like it it had that crossword crossroad system where right. you the deck of cards and like making choices and and the the traitor in the group and then what how the characters interacted. Uh, yeah, I mean this should be significantly higher for its thematic appeal, a hundred percent higher. Yeah, yeah, agreed. I'm not not even a huge fan. Like I like it a lot, but I don't love mm-hmm. love love it. But I, I don't think I would ever love this type of game. This is like the mm-hmm. best version of this. I think. A hundred percent, yeah. Um, all right, number sixty-six is Sword and Sorcery. This is Ares Games Adventure Stuff in a Box game. Um, <laughs> everybody's got one. This is theirs. So it's it's dungeon crawling. It's epic fantasy. It's cooperative. Uh, they've made a billion expansions and different modules and everything for it. Uh, it's it's very very well done. Um, highly polished. Ares Games always very highly highly polished. Uh, I can't say much more than that. I've played it like once or twice and there's like 400 different things you could do in this game. So I've <laughs> certainly not gone deep enough to give it like a review or deep dive, but it is a good experience. Yeah. Sally has not, I've not played it. Um, 65 is cosmic encounter. I don't, I don't know what the theme of this is other than chaos, but sure. <laughs> it, yeah, it is. Chaos. I mean, you're aliens. They're all very different, super asymmetrical. So maybe that's the theme. Um, it sometimes it's very fun. Sometimes it's not fun at all. the aliens themselves are very thematic and as you mentioned the different play styles with those particular aliens is awesome and the way that you get in battles is just kind of random so like while i appreciate immensely appreciate the character designs the alien species race i just don't think it's i would never think of this as a thematic game just because the gameplay itself is 
not as thematic as some of the other sci-fi genre games out there. For sure. All right. 64 is Zombicide Black Plague. Um, Mm -hmm. It's the best version of Zombicide, in my opinion. I know there's like 40 versions, but uh, this is the one that made me finally play it and be like, oh, this is okay. Um, It's medieval. It's fantasy. uh, And you... You know, I don't think it's any more or less thematic than any of the other Zombicide games, but it does a few interesting things mechanically that makes it more fun to go through the different things, and it actually feels like you're building up your defenses and fighting off the, the invading horde. Yeah, uh, I have not played this version, but they're all zombarific. I'm going to go with zombarific. <laughs> yeah, there's like 30 of them, so who knows? Yeah. Um, Arcadia Quest at 63. This is a good one. Yeah. It's a uh, cheapy little miniatures running around doing dungeon crawling thing, and it's it's fun and cute and adorable. I, I don't know necessarily if I would say it's thematic, because, I mean, it's doing what it's doing, but really, typically, you're trying to complete little odd oddities as, of missions. It's thematic in the sense that it's not strategic, right? There you go. I like that. Yeah. Um, all right. 62 is very thematic. Star Wars Armada. It's amazing that they actually came th- came out with this. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's the immense battles that as a kid you always wanted to have. And then now you have them. And they actually play really thematic. Like, just getting one of those just large ships to the table and how it has different sections. And they out they outdid themselves. This should certainly be higher. Oh, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. this is way up there. Um, 61 is Western Legends. This is a <laughs> outlaw Western sandbox simulator um yeah. the friends i played zaya with told me it was similar but with cowboys <laughs> and so i've never played it because i was like oh no thank you i'm good i've played it it is sandboxy more or less it's it, it's not that deep it's not as chaotic as zaya uh it's a lot of poker cards as far as like doing things it's fine i i you know someone kind of like really impressed upon the group how thematic it was and we played it and we're like it's okay I don't really feel feel the things. It's just like you're a cowboy walking around shooting people. So yeah. sure. Mm-hmm. All right, sixty is Captain Sonar. Uh, you've got two teams. Everybody has a different role on the team. It's all real time. You're trying to shoot down the other submarine. I've played this several times. Each time was chaotic and loud and a lot of fun. Very thematic in the sense that it's just pure chaos. It's not. Mm-hmm great for everybody though that that's the thing if one person gets stuck playing and they're like i hate this it does drag down the experience for everybody <laughs> no super thematic across the board deserves to be on this list uh, about this about this placement yeah uh 59 is sky team this is a new one we have not played this yet you haven't played this right nope yeah. i have not played this yet um you have it's a two-player game you're landing planes so i think it's probably in that ballpark of captain sonar chaotic mm-hmm. real time but you're not discussing things in the, in this case, which is the opposite of Captain Sonar. Right, yeah. You're doing it quite <laughs> silently. Um, 58 is Detective, a modern crime board game. This is uh, Ignacy Trevichek's, uh app-based detective game. Um, lots of deductive reasoning involved. The mm-hmm. game mechanics in it are a little wonky, but the deduction part and the database stuff is always very interesting. I had a lot of fun with this. Yeah, have not played it, but yeah, it looks great. 57 is Frostpunk, the board game. City Survival. Yeah. I haven't played this. Very thematic. Takes um, takes a really long time to play. Uh, if you're playing the board game or the, or the uh, I guess, the online version, it just takes a long time. But it really does, you know, 
make you invested in your players at, you know, in, in this particular scenario. So yeah, I think it deserves about this place on the list. Great. Uh, 56 is Aeon Trespass Odyssey. This is, I got nothing. I got nothing here, man. This is miniatures in a box, right? Got... Yep. That's pretty much. <laughs> All right. Cool. Um, is it even miniatures? I'm looking at the pictures. Maybe it's just cards. I don't know. I feel bad when we get to one of these games and people love it. And I'm like, I don't know what this is. Ah, <laughs> so. we try. We try to play them. We don't have all the monies. That's true. It does have miniatures. Oh, okay, good. Yeah, yeah. It says yes, five hundred cool dollars on Amazon. So yeah, we're not playing that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to put a, a backer level for that to play that. <laughs> right. Yeah. If y'all really want us to review that, you got to pay for it. We're not buying that game. <laughs> uh, Fifty-five is the King's Dilemma. This is a pure negotiation game. Right, it's it's a legacy game, but in it, each game, almost all the mechanics are you're negotiating on various things that are going to happen, trying to align yourself in different ways to different things. Very thematic, highly interactive. It's basically borderline an RPG because you really have to inhabit your your house. You're not even a mm-hmm. character because it's a different generation every time you play. You have to inhabit that and kind of argue on behalf of them and like what they're trying to accomplish and their hidden agendas. Love this experience. I didn't get to finish it because we started playing a few months before COVID. But what I did play with it was about half the campaign. Just brilliant. Excellent. Um, 54 is Dawn of the Zeds. Zombie Hordes. Okay. I I don't know much about this one. I know this was like a victory point game um, and a very highly regarded zombie game. But All right. <laughs> didn't, never made it to our table. Um, there you go. 53 is Paleo. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't play this one. Did you play this one? I have not played this one. All right. Stone Age stuff. Yeah. Flintstones, but not Flintstones. Um, Yeah. All right. Um, 52 Descent Journeys in the Dark 2nd Edition. This is the one I have and have played. So this is like the most popular version of Descent. It has like 30 expansions. Um, it's It's the one versus many approach to dungeon crawls and it works really mm-hmm. well. I don't know that it does anything particularly better or more than any of the rest of them, but it's finally polished because it's fantasy play. Excellent. Um, 51 is horrified. We've got universal classic movie monsters terrorizing a town, the fairly simple co-op game, but each of the monsters has their own conditions and how to beat them. Mm-hmm. Um, my son has this, he loves movie monsters and he also has the freak monsters one and, and they're all a lot of fun. Excellent. Um, 50 is Cthulhu Wars. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, I played it. It's crazy. It is uh, your elder gods at the table. And it's, it's as big and as massive and as uh, grotesque slash horrific as you would imagine. And it's actually a game about who will own, dominate the earth. So, yeah, no, it's yeah, it, it fits. Yeah, <laughs> it does. Surprise, it does. It does. Yeah. Uh, number forty nine is Nemo's War, second edition. Uh, I I actually consider this one of the most thematic games I've ever played. It is like a near perfect implementation of the book as a board game, and one of the best solo experiences. The only thing is, it has a lot of dice, so you have to be okay with dice. There's a lot of luck mitigation involved, but just a fantastic approach to taking a novel and turning it into a board game experience and making it still feel like a story. Very, very good. Um, 48's Near and Far. Uh, this is one of those Locket story games. I have not played any of these. Mm-hmm. 
I've played them. I played them all at this point. They're all great. Uh, and he does a very good job of integrating the story into the gameplay. So, well-deserving. Um, 47 is John Company's second edition. So, if uh, King's Dilemma is medieval negotiations, the RPG, this is like the East India Company, the RPG, um, as a board game, right? Uh, I haven't played the second edition, did play the first edition, and it was very thematic, but also very boring. <laughs> so I don't know what the it was a edition. simulation. Yeah, it was a hundred percent a simulation. Yeah, I haven't played the second edition. Played the first edition. Yes. Yeah, it's a it's thematic. If I guess yeah. you could say that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Forty six Star Wars Outer Rim. So we got Star Wars characters, but like the seedy side. Yeah. The, hunters, the scoundrels. Um. Mm-hmm. It's it's very much not Star Wars Rebellion, but. <laughs> more like a marathrash approach to star wars absolutely done um 45 is forgotten waters this is another crossroads game but pirates uh, came out during the pandemic so nobody got a chance to play it but by all accounts it's brilliant it just it requires three to seven players so you couldn't play it by yourself a hundred percent yeah heard a lot about it never saw it at any meetup or game group or game store yeah it was just bad timing when the launch came yeah um 44 is the 2019 version of Dune. Um, roughly the same game, updated in a few ways, mostly visually. I did not like this at all, honestly. Like, I love Dune. I like Dune Imperium. It's a great game, top 100. Um, I have War for Arrakis downstairs. This one, it, it felt thematic. It was very asymmetrical, but also just, like, super imbalanced. Um, so maybe it belongs on this list. I just don't think it's a very good game. Mm. Great. Uh, 43 is This War of Mine, the board game. So, sad war simulator, the game. Uh, yeah. I, I, again, the only problem with this is it's not higher. Right. Because it really does in- encapsulate, you know, that critical situation with civilians um, trying to live through, you know, a war. And it does just as good of a job as a video game. And I think that's high praise. Yeah. Should be higher. Should be higher. Absolutely. Uh, 42 is Chaos in the Old World. This is Eric Lang's like proto Blood Rage. Uh, the only thing I remember about this game is like the map is a visual representation of human skin, right? Yes. And that was enough to keep me away. Yeah. <laughs> so I get it. I get why it's here, but I don't want it. So yeah. sure. So it's Warhammer. It's gross. If that's your thing, it's it, there it is. Mm hmm. <laughs> Um, 41 is another Sherlock Holmes consulting detective. This is the original one from 1982, which won the Spiel des Jahres. Um, we talked about this a little bit earlier. 40 is ISS Vanguard. This is mm-hmm. a big box simulation adventure, super thematic exploration game in space. I'll take so, your word for it. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's like the story is written by the guy who did Tainted Grail, which I'm sure is up this list a little bit higher. Um, it again, I'm sure it's brilliant. It's just outside of our price range, probably. <laughs> uh, 39 is Madara Unintentional Malum Act One. This is a whoa co op dungeon crawler. Um, it's a fantasy setting, but it's like anime style. Uh, it's very anime inspired. I do have this, I've, I've kind of run through it a little bit. It has a lot of story elements to it. It's very, very deep. Um, maybe not like writing wise, but like just volume of content and things to do. Um, so it does feel like you're running through like a JRPG playing this game. So thematically speaking, it is like JRPG, the board game. Excellent. 
38's a weird one. Welcome why? to the moon. No. Why is this here? <laughs> I don't understand why this is here. <laughs> Real I st- feel it's it's highly rated, which is fine. It's the best welcome to game, but why is it listed under thematic? This is not a thematic. It, it's a roll and write. It's a flip and write. I, I, no, no, no to all of that. Like, again, <laughs> this is just, it's not even that it doesn't deserve to be in the top 100. It needs to be disqualified. Yeah, agreed. All right. We were mm-hmm. disqualifying this. Pretend that didn't happen. Um, 37 is War of the Ring, the first edition. We will talk about this more when we get to the second edition. Mm-hmm. 36 is Legendary Encounters, the alien deck building game. The, I consider this the best legendary anything, right? I agree. It, okay. it it actually is thematic. You actually do have that situation where you're impregnated by the alien. Now what? Yeah. <laughs> She's you're on a timer, it's coming out of your deck soon. Yeah. Yep. Um, no, it, it does a great job. Yeah. This is like this game playing this, and I never bought this, but because I played it a bunch, I had a friend who had it. Made me buy other legendary encounters things, thinking like, oh my gosh, they could do the matrix or they could do, you know. Big Trouble Little China, and it's like, none of them were as good. This is the best one. Agreed. Uh, 35 is Eldritch Horror, the 2013 release. Um, I like this better than Arkham Horror. I don't Same. know I enough about too. the theme to say it's a better theme, but I, I like it as a better game. Sure. 34, Return to Dark Tower. I was never a Dark Tower guy. <laughs> oh. I, I don't know this one, but uh, I've heard many good things about the thematic immersion here. I'll take everyone's word for it. I, I was a huge Dark Tower fan, the original. I have, I have still not have played this at all. Ah. So, yes. Oh, um, this one is the next one's really good. Yeah, no, you you have to talk about this because I <laughs> thirty three Isaiah Legends of a Drift System. I burned this game last week. If you weren't there, um, so uh, Chris, why is this game good? Because I don't think it is. Uh Again, I, I don't know if these games are necessarily good, but they're thematic. And I guess it's thematic because you could upgrade your ship and you could do different space things like move and teleport and black holes and suns and lasers and stuff like that. So, yeah. I mean, everything you said right now is true. Yes. Those things are in the game. I can't argue. They are that. in the game. And it is more of a sandboxy game than you would think. And I and, and that's both both good and bad at the same time. Yeah. Mostly bad. Uh, 32, <laughs> Battlestar Galactica, the board game. Now this, this, like, War of the Ring is probably my, in my opinion, the best IP-based game ever made. This is, like, number two, I think. Mm-hmm. It, it, it is Battlestar Galactica. You are going through that show in this game. And when I ask you to shoot somebody, Anthony, you uh, shoot them. Damn it, man. You had one job. Your character does one thing. Do the thing. Do the years. thing. It's been 10 years. Damn it, man. I was going to play that character. You took the character. I, I found out who the Cylon was. I pointed it out to you. I explained it to you. Your action. You can only do that one special action. Nope. Nope. <laughs> don't play. Don't play Battlestar Galactica, the board game with Anthony. I'm just saying, people. Uh, but well. yes. It is one of the most thematic board games of all time. Not just this. This is a travesty that it's this low. Yeah. I, I uh, hardcore disagree. Again, the only reason why it probably is is because it's been out of print for a very long time. Yeah. Yeah. It's been, what, seven, eight years now. Um, yeah. Such a shame. I wish I'd picked it up when before it went out of print. It's so expensive to find now. Mm-hmm. Uh, number 31, Twilight Imperium 3rd Edition. We will talk about it when we get to 4th Edition. <laughs> um 
30, Aeon's End Legacy. This is the legacy version of Aeon's End, which is a very good uh, cooperative deck-building card-type game where you're facing off against all these nameless creatures and whatever. You're all wizards. Um, mm-hmm. The thing I love about this game is there's no real... There's not no tracking, but there's very little of it. Like, you play Sentinels, you have to keep track of, like, 40 things. This game has, like, two <laughs> things true. you have to keep track of. Um, very so true. Much easier to learn and play. Yep. Uh, thematically, sure. I don't know. The gameplay's good. <laughs> uh, 29 is the Seventh Continent. Uh, this is, like, that ever-expanding, sprawling, brawling, map-building game you can save. And why are there 400 cards in the box when you can't get past the first N? <laughs> um, but there you have it. <laughs> Sure, why not? Yeah, I guess. Uh, 28, Robinson Crusoe, Adventures on the Cursed Island. Very thematic. Yeah, I agree with this one. Yeah, the idea that you can put extra resources or extra effort into accomplishing a task, or you could just chance it, but then consequences come later. Yeah. Smart. Very smart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I I said, Nemo's War is like one of the best implementations of a book. This is up there. Uh, 27, The Lord of the Rings, Journeys in Middle-Earth. I love this game, but it is app-based, so just know that if you haven't heard of it or played it before. Um, but it removes dice in this adventure-style sprawling thing and replaces it with like cards, but then there's actual mechanics within the cards. I don't think that part's necessarily thematic, because it's just kind of you're playing the, you know, the deck, you're trying to manipulate it a little bit. Um, but the stories are interesting-ish once you get past the first couple. Like, the expansion material is very interesting and does cool stuff. Um, it's not the best Lord of the Rings storytelling at all in a game, but it, mm-hmm. it is good and engaging, and I can play it with my kids. So. Agreed. Uh, 26 is Tainted Grail, The Fall of Avalon. I know people love this. I Honestly, I would have liked to get a chance to play it, but I, I could never have backed it. Um, I like Arthurian Same. stuff, though. Same here. 100%. Great minis. Uh, oh, so so good. Yeah. Uh, 25 is Nemesis Lockdown. Uh, I think Nemesis is higher, so we'll get to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, 24 is Final Girl. This is a re-implementation of Hostage Negotiator, but now you are the final girl from various horror movies. I think they have like 15 of these now, and they're all mm-hmm. just like representing different tropes and styles of horror movies. You've got like your Jason mm-hmm. one and your Freddy one and a million others extremely thematic but you really have to like horror movies and they're yes. solo only and they're heavily yes. dice based so huge yeah um this is a very particular type of game if it's for you it is 100 percent for you but if, if it's not if you're just like i like solo games like you better like horror movies too uh 23 is imperial assault star wars uh there is so much content for this and i think you can still find most of it um except maybe the earliest stuff, but it is a one versus many Star Wars. It's Descent as Star Wars, but also comes with a skirmish mode. Um, when it came out, this is what we thought the best Star Wars board game was going to be. So we didn't think they'd give us anything better. They mm-hmm. did eventually. We'll talk about it later. Uh, 22 is Mechs versus Minions. What do you think on this one? I know you've had thoughts on <laughs> what this is. I think it completely fails as far as trying to, to depict League of Legends, the, the video game. But I think it completely succeeds in its own right, creating a, its own separate story. And it's programming, which is a little weird considering it's, you know, the, the real time game that you actually play. But 
uh, I mean, again, there's app stuff in it. It's super thematic. So, uh, yeah, I mean, yes, I'm going to go along with that. All right. Uh, 21 Mansions of Madness, second edition. So, honestly, everything we said about Descent and uh, Lord of the Rings Journeys of Middle Earth kind of applies here, but with Cthulhu. So, <laughs> it's app based, it's exploration, it's uh, solving mysteries, it's all built in there. Um, number 20, hey, we got a Euro on the list. Alert, Euro alert, Chris. <laughs> How'd that happen? I don't who know. Let that, who let that in here? <laughs> it is one of the more uh, thematic Euros, though. It's Obsession. Wow. It did. It happened. It is thematic. It's surprisingly thematic. The cards are very thematic. The placing the workers out there on the board, the different parties you have to run because you're you're a fancy pants person. Uh, <laughs> yes, it it's a Euro that is super thematic. Bravo. Bravo. They did it. Or whatever fancy people would say. I don't know if they would say bravo. But, bravo. You know. Bravo. <laughs> bravo. There you go. Uh, yeah, it's a brilliant game. And it really does feel mm-hmm. like you're it, inhabiting that space. Uh, 19 is Cthulhu. Death may die. It's a giant Cthulhu. <laughs> that's, that's literally all I know about this. That's get, it. That's get the, a Cthulhu that's the, game. the size of a baby. I don't know. What you need. <laughs> <laughs> that's it, uh, man. Just... That's, uh, that's apparently all we have to say about that. Uh, 18, all we have to say. Too Many Bones Undertow. Uh, too Many Bones is a little bit higher. We'll get to that. Mm-hmm. 17 is Kingdom Death Monster. I own this. We spend a lot of time at the booth at Gen Con every year. Um, we do. Looking at the craziness that these miniatures are, I don't know what the theme of this game is. I, I Even having like set up the first scenario and run through some, I'm like, I don't quite get it. But it is very evocative, whatever it is. I don't think you want to because I've seen the miniatures. It's not good. Whatever <laughs> no, it is, it's not good. It's definitely bad. I just don't know what it is. <laughs> um, all right. 16 is Mage Knight board game. Uh, this is one of the best solo experiences out there. It's okay at two. I mean, it's great at two. It's just very long. Don't play at three or four. Too long. Um, but you're building up a hero. You're, it's deck building involved. You're going on this adventure. You can kind of replay the same space over and over again. It's always very... It, it expands very effectively. A lot of Shavatol, apparently very good at making thematic games that are complex and interesting. So, there you go. Sounds good. Uh, Pandemic Legacy Season 2 at number 15. Uh, we'll kind of lump all this together when we get to Season 1. Yeah. Um, Sleeping Gods at 14. I know you played this a bunch the last couple of years. It's it's Yeah, this should be higher. I mean, all his games have a significant push towards the thematic i i surprisingly i feel like this is the least of them so mm. i'm surprised it's as high up as it is that's interesting yeah mm-hmm. um number 13 is arkham horror the card game i i agree i think this is the most thematic of the arkham stuff because it is so personal you're involved in mm-hmm. the story you're making those decisions it's one-on-one or just solo um and you can go on these branching paths along the story and there's so much of it so um, i i'm happy with where it is i might even put it higher above some of these other games I agree. Um, 12 is Nemesis. Uh, this is the alien, but a board game, but also not really alien. Uh, aliens have infested a spaceship, and now you got to fight them off, but also other players might have separate agendas. So it's like Dead of Ooh. Winter plus Alien. Um, <laughs> it, it's one of those games that like you see in the top 30 on in the top 100 list, and you're like, really? I need to play that, and I just, just haven't done it yet. Same. Uh, number 11 is Too Many Bones. Uh, my rating's a little low on this, so I will let you speak to it. 
it it puts a significant effort in the production. Let me start with that. I think the production has a significant, you know, like it it goes hardcore into that to really evoke uh, thematic gameplay. That being said, uh, despite the the high quality of the production, the mechanics leave a little bit to, to, to be desired. I I'm it should be in the top 100, but not number 11 by far. Okay. Uh, number 10, Pandemic Legacy Season 0. Again, we'll come back to it. Uh, number 9, Oathsworn, Into the Deep Wood. I feel like we've been to several people's houses in the last two years, and they're like, <laughs> we should play Oathsworn. I'm like, I don't know what that is. Um, it, <laughs> yeah. Something about humanity surviving against horror something. The trees. The the trees are scary. Oh, the trees are scary. Oh, okay. The trees are scary. Be care- like, beware of the trees. So like evil ints? Kind of. Yeah, oh, I don't okay. want to say any more about that. Okay, I dig that. Mm-hmm. Um, Clank Legacy Acquisitions Incorporated at number eight. So this is like one of the few games people are like, this is a good legacy. Here it is. Um, nice. Number seven and number six are both gloomy, frosty haven things. So we got Frost Haven <laughs> at seven and Gloomhaven Jaws of the Lion at six. Um, so the much bigger version of Gloomhaven, Frost Haven, and the much smaller version of Gloomhaven, Jaws of the Lion. <laughs> Uh, number five is Star Wars Rebellion. I dig it. This yeah, is brother. Star Wars in a box. Nice. Yeah. It's Love it. It's in my great. top 10 it's games awesome. of all time. Brilliant. Same. Same here. Number four, War of the Rings Second Edition. Uh, should be number one, guys. I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> yeah. Go higher, with that. Higher on the list. Yes, yes, uh, yes. Number three, Twilight Imperium Fourth Edition. This is the best version of Twilight Imperium. Twilight Imperium mm-hmm. is one of the best games of all time. It is an experience. You play this game, you have memories of this game. Like, I've played it maybe six times in my life. I could tell you exactly what happened in each of those six plays. Um, Because you're like, oh, you only played it six times? I'm like, yeah, but each of those like eight to ten hours. So I've spent 50 hours playing this game in my life. Um, Just an amazing, amazing experience. It feels like you're there. It feels like you're part of this council, you know, exploring the galaxy. Uh, Number two is Gloomhaven. I listen. I get it. it. It's 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 listed as thematic and it's a top rated game. So here it is at number two. But I always every time I played this game and I liked it when I played it. It just felt like I was trying to solve the puzzle of it. It didn't really feel like I was inhabiting that world. Um, and I've heard Frosthaven does get you more into that world. But in in this one, at least the thirty games of it I played, I'm like, I never really got a sense of what Gloomhaven is. I'm just like my character and now my other character and this puzzle in this dungeon and that was it. Agreed. I, I mean, it makes a significant effort with the town and the choices you have to make coming into it. But in, in a lot of ways, it feels tacked on to what is, you know, effectively a dungeon crawl and a grind. Right. So a good one. But still, that's what it is. Yeah, um, absolutely. All right. Number one. Last one. We skipped over a couple of the other ones. Pandemic Legacy Season 1. So this is it's pandemic, obviously. Mm-hmm but in a legacy format, which builds and grows substantially, changing significantly over the course of the 12 months of the game, up to 24 players. Um, You go through this story, you feel it. There are a couple big twists in the game that if you haven't been spoiled on, will legitimately, like, you're like, oh, whoa, whoa, didn't see that coming. Um, It is your, it ends up being your game and your board, and it feels like your experience. And this is another one of those games that, like, like Twilight Imperium, I can tell you what happened and when it happened and what we were doing when it happened. Like, I have stories from this, so... 
very thematic. It felt like a movie or watching a show with with my wife instead of playing through a game a few times, um, which is great. It's like a strong memory. Can't go back and replay it without buying another copy, but you know, it felt like we did it. Have not played it, heard all those great things about it. And honestly, I'm not a big pandemic fan, so I may never play it, sadly enough. But if you know what happens, there's no reason to. <laughs> okay. Gotcha. All right. Well, there you are, Board Game Geeks Top 100 Thematic Games. Not of all time, hopefully. Hopefully some of these games move up and down and or right off the list because there's a lot of good stuff out there. So again, if you do have a Board Game and Geek account, please also vote for these things that you do love because typically when new players, new gamers come on board and they're looking for great thematic games, they're going to check these lists. So these lists need a little bit of tweaking to be a lot better across the board. So... Uh, hopefully you'll get some great thematic games out maybe from this top 100 alright everyone so that's everything for this week until next time this is Chris and this is Anthony and we'll save you all a seat at the table take care everyone Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.